Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Welcome, everybody, to the Believer's Voice of Victory broadcast. I'm Kenneth Copeland. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we just praise you and we thank you. And we ask you today to manifest yourself among us in your word. We receive manifestations of the Spirit of God. We intercede and call for the former and the latter rain to fall and signs and wonders and and miracles and healings. Yes, Lord. and, And great and marvelous things throughout this radio and television audience. We receive it and we take it and we receive revelation from your word today because we desire your wisdom, your knowledge, but most of all, we would know more about Jesus. Yes, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, oh, Brother Jesse. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm ready. Get us in here, brother. Well, you know, uh, we, we've been dealing with, with the cruise control, the enemy of increase, and we strayed in some areas, and I felt in my spirit as you were praying. We told a lot of stories over, the, over these last two weeks, and I, I felt in my spirit, I heard some of you say, I sure wish I would have had some stories like that. You know why we have stories like that? And not bragging on us, because we refuse to stay on cruise control. We refuse to plateau out. We're we constantly growing to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Paul said, I press. I press toward that mark for the prize. There is a prize to this. And I've had some people say, y'all have had such wonderful, interesting stories. It's because we're constantly stretching forth. I tell people, you got to, you know, a lot of people want to go to the foot of the cross. Brother Coleman, I climb the cross. I want to get up and see what Jesus sees. I want to see them hands out saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and have a laden, I'm going to give you rest. You see, most people are at the foot of the cross, and that's great, don't misunderstand me, but you need to climb that cross, get up where he's at, see, so that you can see. And when he turns around, he saves a thief right there. Uh, this day you'll be with me in paradise. He's looking out there, and he's saying, come to me. All you got to do is come. And we were talking uh, before we came on, on, and I want to read 2 Timothy, if I can, verse uh, chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And it says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, if you want to be inspired by God, it comes through scripture. Notice what it's for. It's it's profitable. I like that word profitable. See, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, notice verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect or matured, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Thoroughly furnished. And you're not going to get, you're not going to receive increase until you're thoroughly furnished. A house is not its best until it's thoroughly furnished. That's good. Every room has to be right. You know what I'm saying? When we, I spent the night at your home last night, I didn't go in a room that was not decorated. It was thoroughly furnished, which brought out, watch this, not only the prettiness of the house, but brought out glorious way she likes mm-hmm. things. She's, it became an, a, a mirror or a picture of her. 
a picture of you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and when you say, when you get on cruise control, it's the enemy of increase. You begin, all of a sudden your increase begins to decrease. He said, when it begins to decrease, then you can't, you're never going to have a story like me and you have told. You're never going to have the healings that we've talked about. And I don't mean this private, you're not going to have the services that we have seen. And because, and, and the reason why is because we want, when I think I know a scripture completely, I said, Lord, I've just scratched the service. There was a man that preached the revival time for many, many years for the assemblies of God. Uh, C.M. Ward, that was his name. Yeah, oh, and what a wonderful man what he a was. Preacher. And I heard him say this. He said, let me tell you, someone asked him in an interview on TBN. They said, brother, I guess you can say you've preached the whole Bible. And, you know, he had that real hearty laugh. He said, I hadn't even got out of Genesis 1. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. And they said, what do you do? What do you do, uh, you know, when you're discouraged and depressed? And, you know, people don't want you to preach and pastor. He said, I'll tell you one thing. He said, listen, he said, start a He said, if they're running you out of town, get in front of them and make everybody think it's a parade and you leading it. <laughs> <laughs> and I never forgot that statement. What happened was he was thoroughly friendly. He's now in heaven yeah. today. And that's what I'm talking about. Thoroughly, when, can I get on finance for a second? You ought to have more money than you need. Always. Always. Not sometimes. This that's ain't a hit and miss thing. That's 2 Corinthians right. 9. That's right. All sufficiency in all things. I had a person say this. Well, we don't like some of you guys like... Uh, Kenneth Copeland, Jerry Savelle, Jesse DePlanis. Y'all you know, you know, take all the money out of town. No, we don't. That, that's not true. You, you see, that's fear operating them. God said he, he, that you can be a blessing to all works. All of them in 2 Corinthians. Every nine. good work. Every good work. And he said, well, damn it, that, I, I can't give to everybody. Yes, you can. If that's what God wants you to do, if you feel the Lord said, there's not nothing you can't support if you're willing to understand to become what I call thoroughly furnished. Put on the whole armor of God. Didn't say some of it, did it? You know, I heard you preach many years ago. He said, some of y'all, God said the helmet of salvation. And you, it's, a, it's an old tale. He said, some of y'all got a cap on. <laughs> you ain't got no helmet. You got a cap on. And, and the reason why the devil knew who you are, you don't have the helmet that's over your face. You don't have it. Where's your sword of the spirit? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, so if a battle comes, how you ever going to do any fighting? When, when your enemy has, he don't leave his weapons alone. He keeps them with him. So I realized, I made it my mind, if I'm going to increase spiritually, physically, and financially, I must not just plateau. Pla Brother Coleman, I say this and I say it on television. If Jesus tarries and I go by the way of the grave, I am going to get a revelation on the day I make heaven. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to say, listen, do this. Bye. <laughs> and I'm gone. You understand? Because there's so much to do and such little time to do it in. And Jesse, God's no respecter of persons. That's right. I, I was shocked one day. I heard Brother Hagin. Uh -huh. He said, <clears throat> these things didn't happen to the Apostle Paul because he was an apostle. And I thought, well, now, wait a minute. That apostolic anointing is, right. I mean, that's the, that, that's the top of the heap, brother. Oh, that's that's strong big. There is. Yes. And then he finished his statement. He said, these things happen to him because he's a believer. Oh, glory to God. He's an obedient man. Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe. Yes. Now, Philip obeyed God. He's a deacon in the church. Right. God promoted him to an evangelist. Right. Isn't that Why? something? He's obedient. Yeah. 
reaching out to somebody. That brings reminds me of a story of me and Jerry Seville on the last Eagle Mountain motorcycle rally. I want to show you what this man did. This man right here. All right. There are 50,000 people out there. They're in motorcycles, campus. This place is a sea of people. I'm standing by Jerry Savelle. Brother Copeland, you, you going up to the platform, open up the service. There's stuff everywhere. I mean, uh, Kenneth Copeland got a lot of stuff. <laughs> I mean, stuff everywhere. I mean, just stuff you, it takes to put on that kind of a meeting. And Jerry leaned over me and he said this. You know, when I first went to work with Brother Kenneth, you could put everything you own in the back of a Buick Wildcat station wagon or and something. And Jerry, Jerry was driving it. <laughs> <He> was driving. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought, you know why? He, all this stuff, which is needed for the work of the ministry, is because you didn't plateau. You didn't get, quote, what yeah. I call satisfied. You're still not satisfied with the knowledge God has given you. You're ever increasing, ever. You constantly. We really had to guard against that, though. Jesse. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a, it, you now, have here, to, here's, in the beginning, you're desperate. Right. Thank God, a dime. Right. And you're believing God for food, when we, which we were. Right. And then as the flow begins, mm-hmm. man, you, you, you want to stop and rest here a while. Then you want to <laughs> stop and rest here a while. But here's what I noticed that is just 180 degrees reverse what it should be. People are hoping God doesn't tell them something to do that they can't do. And that's something. That is dangerous, man. He's not telling you to do something you can't do because he's trying to be ugly to you. Right. No, no, no. In fact, he don't want you even doing it. He's going to put the grace on you to do sure. it. All he needs you to do is agree. And... I, I said this last week. I was talking about him telling me to give Brother Hagen fifty thousand. Right. Well, I right. personally, I never, never had fifty thousand. Right. But I just obeyed him, mm-hmm. and I started with change in my pocket. And anybody that had to hand me anything sure. in a meter sign, just sent it all. Brother Hagen didn't count it. Well, it wasn't too long. I called up there to see. I th- I don't. I I thought maybe half. May maybe half. <laughs> We were well over it. And I realized as I got to praying about it and thinking about that, God was increasing that as I sent it in there. There's supernatural increase because I know good and well I did not have $50,000 come through in pocket change and hand right. money. I know what you said. But God did. Yes, it did. God increased it, see. And now what did that do to me? Man, I, I was ho- I, tell me something else. I want you to tell me something I can't do. Because when you do, this locks me in with God and I'm going to grow out of this thing. It's going to increase everything we do every time we do it. But if you're on, if you, if you're just cruising, you kind of hiding behind the bench and you don't want the coach calling you in. Right. No, no, no. I mean, I don't want to do that. How are you going? No, 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 no. that's dangerous. Very dangerous. My first accountant, I'll never forget it. My first accountant told me this, and, uh, and that was the last time he worked for me, <laughs> or oh, I used him. He looked at my taxes and stuff like that, you know. He says this, and we were so excited about giving. We ought to get to a point that we don't know how much we give. Because oh, yeah. we just, it's out of, out of your hearts, out of love. He said, now, 
Brother Jesse, you've given too much. It's no longer profitable for you. And I'm looking at this guy and I said, I can't believe what I'm hearing. No, I'm not going to believe that. That's right. I can't, I ain't going to believe that. He said, looking at the tax tables and the things of that nature. And so after he left and I said, guys, uh, we getting us another account. Oh, yeah. You see, what happened was all he was interested on what, uh, and, and, and that's his job to tell me what's right. I wasn't interested in just getting my deduction. I was so in seed. See, he didn't have, he had deduction mine. I had seed mine. Yeah. That was the difference, you see. Now, I could have said. He represented the government. Yes. I could have said this. Well, you know, that's right. And that's what I am for. And, uh, you know, so, so we, we don't have to do that. And we, we'll just back off. I had another preacher not long. I can't, I can't get over. This is going to shock you. I said, why don't you come on this meeting with me? Oh, they'll probably pick up an offer, won't they? I said, yeah. I could, I said, I, I, I mean, I, I stumbled on, for words. I'm telling you, I stumbled for words. He said, you know, I've given my life to the ministry. I said, no, you haven't. No. I said, if you'd have given your life, you wouldn't have just said what you just said. That's right. Now, that shut him up. Now, I may not have a friend. Well, I wouldn't call him a friend. He was kind of like an acquaintance. But he was concerned. He didn't want to go to me because they might receive an offer. That, that's hard for me to comprehend in my mind. I've had those kind of situations that have, that have come. I'm talking about ministers, you know. You go back in the back, and I'm so excited about the meeting. And no, he, that wasn't a minister. Yeah, that was, no. no that but, you know, but he had the papers, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized, I said, this boy is not only on, he's on cruise control. He's heading for an accident. Yes, he is. He don't even have any brakes, and he don't even know it. And when he's going to crash, he's going to crash big. And, and I don't mean that to be critical. I'm just saying to be truthful. But when you, I want to be thoroughly furnished. I, in every area of my life, spiritually, physically, financially. I want to get to a point to say what John D. Rockefeller Sr. said. They said, how rich are you? He said, I don't know. He said, because you're not really rich until you don't know how much you got. He's actually, and he did not know how much he had. He had so much. And watch that. And you know what the first thing he'd do when he'd come into a town? He'd build a church. He'd build a church and build a community. And he was a tither. His Learned it from mama. his mother. His yes. mama. Now, I mean. Now, you know, this is interesting because this fits right in, right, right in here. He, uh, he was in his 50s dying of stomach ulcers. Man, he, he, he couldn't eat. He eating crackers and milk and suffering. And he thought he didn't have long to live. And he, he's, if I remember correctly, he got started at this just laying in the bed thinking, I, whatever I haven't done, I need to get it done. <laughs> if I want something I want to do, I got to get it done now, but I'm not going to live long. And he thought, you know, the only thing I've never done, I have never attempted to give away everything I own. Mm -hmm. I believe that's the statement. It's been a long time since I read it. But, he decided, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it all. I'm going to give this to help people. It's he, he didn't know. He, he knew the Lord, but right. he didn't right. know much about the, right. the Word and so forth. So he decided, I'm, he started setting up ways and doing things that he could give all his fortune away. He got healed. <laughs> got well. You remember the March of Dimes? Yes. 
Now, I remember it because I remember polio, man, right. big time. That was bad. And um, there was one of my, my close friends when I was a little boy that uh, she uh, had it bad, big time, bad, bad thing. Anyway, he decided we're going to whip this thing. So he started the March of Dimes. Old man. He's an old, old people called him old man. <laughs> Now, to tell you what he did, he laid, this is this man, this is an elderly man. He, Jesse, he laid a mile of dimes down Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. One dime on the end of another one. And that's For one Mile. This old man is supposed to have been dead 40 years ago. He laid down one mile of dimes. Yeah. And they they started it we, 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 as kids. We took dimes to, right. to school and put them in the little cans. And people were giving dimes all over the United States. Raised an enormous amount of yeah. money. Wanted to be a blessing. He, he wanted to bless people. And, and you see, and his descendants are still trying to spend his money. Yeah, and can't get yeah, it. <laughs> his descendants. I mean, you know how long ago he's passed away. I mean, I think he was born in 1830 or 1840, something like that. I mean, and you think about it, and see, you know why he? Oh, I like this March of Dimes thing. Would you brought. He gave. He, he showed someone everybody can do something. You see? Yeah. Everybody can. Every do little something. boy and girl wanted a dime. Wanted, man. Yeah, can do something. You know. You know. A lot of people say, "Well, I don't give because you know I can't give what you guys give. You're not. You're not supposed to give what I give. You give what God tells you to give. That's not the issue." And you know, I mean, God said, "If you give a cup of, cup of water in my name." I had a person in Parkersburg, West Virginia, 1979. I preached a Jesus festival. I was the night speaker, and Benny Hinn was the morning speaker. Amen. Are you ready for this? I had fifty dollars. That was a lot of money back for me. I was just starting in ministry. At 78, it, was, it would be the second year of my ministry. So I had 50 bucks so I could have something to eat, you know. And I went into that restaurant and, and I saw a man. His name's Dan. And Dan's still living today. And I, I didn't know him then. The Lord said, I, I bought a hamburger. It was three, $2, $3, whatever back then. He says, the Lord said, give him all your money. Give him the rest of it. So I gave the lady a couple of dollars tip. Like, and I walked up, I said, sir, the Lord told me to give you this money. Now I was thinking, huh, I'm going to eat for the next three days. And we were out on the, on, on the side of a mountain in Parkersburg, West Virginia. I went out there and the only thing you could get and was. nobody knew you. Oh, didn't know I me mean, from nobody. Zero. From Zero. And you could, the only thing you could buy, you had to buy food was these sloppy joes they had, like a little uh, pool barbecue sandwiches. To make it longer, real, real quickly. I didn't have nothing. I said, well, I just going to fast. So they asked us if we would stand up. We had a little booth. Each of us could stand. So people come by and say hello to it. And we did that. Kenneth, then days when I got there and nobody ever seen this, I would come back to my booth and ladies and gentlemen, I'd have, everybody was just eating them old sandwiches. I'd have roast, mashed potatoes and gravy, a Coke with crushed ice. It was so hot out there. And I said, did anybody see to put this here? They said, for Brother Jesse. I never knew I went to the altar. I mean, I ate three wonderful meals. Never saw it. Eight years later, I went preaching a barn in West Virginia, and an elder lady came up to me and said, you like my food? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll never forget it. And I went, Parkersburg, West Virginia. She said, I looked out my camper, and the Lord spoke to me, feed that young man. I was 
29 years old. Feed that young man. That touched my heart when I think about that. Oh. And, and she, and, but she never let me know. Eight years later, I, ne- I ha- finally had a tape that I, <laughs> it was an eight track tape, you know. I went back and I'm standing, never hardly ever go back to my book and tape table. And she come, well, her and her husband, you, you like my food? And at first I thought, you like your food? And I went, Parkersburg, West Virginia. And when God told me, he said, I told you I'd take care of you. And I thought to myself, I said, how are you, you fed me, how are you doing? She said, from that day, all we ever did was increase. She said, because I fed a young man. I'll never forget, they're probably in heaven today. I mean, this was many years ago, you know, 1979. And, uh, you know, that lady could have flatlined and said, well, I'm going to just stay on cruise control here. Or just not be listening at all. At all. But you know what? I made a step of faith. She made a step of faith. And I'm saying this stuff for one reason. I didn't see the, I didn't see the end result of that till eight years. There later. you are. You yeah. see? So God keeps the books. She enjoyed it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but God keeps the books. Yes, he, does. he doesn't lose that. He's the best accountant you'll ever see in your life. I handed a, I handed a $20 bill to a guy. Jerry and I just walked out of a restaurant. The Lord said to hand him that. I just handed him that $20 bill and went on about a minute. And... Years later, I don't remember how many, but several years later, there was a, a person that just especially blessed me. I, I, and, I, and I thought, God, this is, this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. and it it sure. wasn't just huge, but it was more than what I was expecting. Right. And I, it just, they just, just did it to just bless me. And I said, Lord, I, I, I am just so blessed. And he said, Kenneth, all of these things are connected by spiritual fabric, mm. spiritual threads mm-hmm. in the fabric of the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. And he reminded me of that young man I handed that $20 to several years before. He said, if you hadn't done that, I couldn't do this. Isn't that something? That was tied. Now that woman had obeyed God eight years before. Now that tied her to the blessings that God intended for to come to her. Right. And both of us were doing better when I finally met her. She was like, I want her to be my grandma. I, I just couldn't, it, I mean, I don't cry very easy, but tears came out of my eyes that day when I met her. We're out of time. We're out of time. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes.